0: If you're a 20-year-old coming out of college, you can demonstrate stuff like that story you told at one of your presentations that I actually include in the book about one of your students who was absolutely 100% social media agnostic and is now a contributor to Scientific American coming out of college. That's a fantastic story. You can read about it in the book. And Don, we're going to have to have you back on the podcast to talk about that in detail because it's such a fascinating story but here's this kid who literally has next to zero expertise but she had no laryngitis because you encouraged her you challenged her to go up there and start posting and she gets a national potentially international platform recognizing her as a young science communicator to watch that's the power of social media
1: and, and for, for those of you who, who as you check out the book, that's one of the things that I really like about what you've done, what DP has done is this idea of taking out the nuggets of wisdom and condensing so that if you want to learn more, and this is one of the things I think is, is really cool about the book. And I'm, I'm curious how you came up with the idea is that you can get these nuggets of wisdom that are your curated, hey, this is what I took out of the episodes and are really valuable. But if you want to dig deeper, I've got this hour-long conversation, half-hour-long conversation, whatever, whatever the number of, of, of interviews that you have, and you can go and you can find more for yourself. So is that a, a, what, one of your thoughts as you were writing the book was to specifically start out with that strategy? Or did you just like, I want to put the, some of my ideas in a book Or was it more, hey, I want to condense some of what I've learned from these podcast interviews. And I want to be able to share what I think people should know. You know, Don, I wish
0: I could say I had this deep, philosophically-sounded strategy for this book. But it all comes down to being jealous as a green-eyed monster when this year in March, let's see, what was it, March like 2nd through 5th or something like that, in San Diego at Social Media Marketing World, My friend Melanie Diesel was there and she saw me and said, hey, I got a copy of the book for you. She walks up to me and gives me a copy of her book, her brand new book, "Smoking Hot Off the Press, The Content Fuel Framework. And I saw this book and I'm like, oh, congratulations. Oh my God. And my next thought was, oh, oh, I am so jealous. (laughs) I am so, oh my gosh. I had what I have come to refer to as author's envy which is if you've ever authored a book length, anything, it's very painful. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a man, so I should never make the comparison to childbirth. But a lot of authors have said to write a book is like birthing a child. It's pain, the pain, pain, pain. And then it's delivered and you love it. Mm -hmm. And you forget the pain. And it typically takes two years to forget the pain of authorship. And then you start going, I want another baby. And then you, and in the case of Melanie Diesel, she had this brand new baby in the form of a book, and I'm like, I want another baby. <laughs> then I met another person or another area of business I like to use as an example in my talks is plumbing. The idea mm-hmm. is something as prosaic as plumbing. Can you be an expert plumber? Can you be known as a plumber? Can you know? Can you become a superstar as a plumber? And I I would always ask those questions and kind of give my take on it in my presentations. Then, and again, this is part of the value of social media marketing world. It's not the presentations I go to. It's the people I meet. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting at a table before the first day started and I'm kind of doing my Instagram thing of, Hey, I'm at social media marketing world trying to get value out of the fact that I'm spending all this money and I'm doing this Instagramming. I look up and I see this guy, this big burly guy from the back gray hair he's got a teal blue green shirt on and across the back shoulder yoke area it's all embroidered with roger wakefield the expert plumber see me on youtube all this stuff he's got like a walking billboard on his back and i see it i get it i'm laughing at it in my head i'm going wow that's really on the line of look at me look at me look at me but let's not judge let's meet so I walk up and I say, Hey, Roger, because his name is on the back of his shirt. Yep. I just wanted to let you know that your branding is working because it got my attention from 20 feet away. He laughs. We start talking. And I said, I would love to get you on my podcast because I want to talk to you about how you use social media for your plumbing business. I think it's fascinating that a tradesman is actually working it, and I want to learn more. He goes, Great, let's talk later. First keynote of social media marketing world picture 2500 to 4000 people in a hall at the convention center in san diego michael stelzner of social media examiner which is probably one of the number one go-to's for anyone who works in social media and marketing he does an opening speech you know introducing things and how the weeks are the how the conference is going to go and he'll talk about something that has been really happening in social media And stuff like that, just to kind of, uh, it's almost like an amuse-bouche for the entire event. And he starts talking about Roger Wakefield. (laughs) And he tells the story that I tell in the book, which is the true story of Roger Wakefield. Roger and I went to Social Media Marketing World for the first time in 2018. We didn't know each other. I think I saw him because he was wearing colorful shirts and stuff, but I didn't talk to him or anything like that. We go to our individual sessions. I I never see him again. He tells me the story how he's in a session with Daryl Eves, who is an expert in YouTube. And he's listening. You know, he wants to learn how he might be able to use stuff for his his business. And he hears Daryl say, the number two search engine in the world is YouTube. And he goes, what? Are you kidding? But he writes it down in his book. And the whole time he's in this session, his phone is blowing up and it's his wife. And so at, he excuses himself, gets out of the room, and he starts talking to his wife. And his wife says, by the time you get home, we're not going to have a business because they were really hurt. Their marketing wasn't getting traction. Things weren't working. What are we going to do? We're going to have to shut down. You know, Employees are going to have to be let go, all that stuff. And he's like, oh my gosh. He goes back in, learns what he can learn from Daryl Eves. And he starts thinking about that idea of youtube being the number two search engine and he says i should take a look at that he does a little research types in things like plumbing on youtube and there are a lot of people up there with stuff like how to install a toilet stuff like that but there was no brand personal brand who was really dominating the space and so he sat down with his marketing team which was him his wife and his stepson and said everything we're doing for marketing we're getting rid of we're starting over we're doing youtube nothing but youtube he is now and within six months of posting videos i think on a tempo of like two to three a week within six months google contacted him and said we love what you're doing for youtube especially from the point of view of tradespeople like plumbers we would love to have you come to vidcon the globe's biggest youtube conference to join a panel of tradespeople who are using YouTube to get out their messages and stuff like that. Now, for most people, if you know anything about VidCon, it's, it's where all the cool kids, and I mean kids, 20-year-olds go, to follow their favorite YouTubers. It's not where a guy who's 57 years old goes to be on a panel talking about how businesses can, especially small businesses, can use YouTube. He was invited and is now participating. And he was one of the first 12 beta testers of LinkedIn Live because they said the same thing, which is we love what you're doing for trades with video, we're gonna give you LinkedIn Live before anybody can get it. And by the way, I've applied five times and I still can't get LinkedIn Live, just saying. Am I holding a grudge? Yes, LinkedIn, <laughs> I am holding a grudge. But my point is that my example And it's always been a kind of a negative example of, can you be a plumber and using this stuff? This guy rocked my world because if you go on YouTube, type in plumbing and look at the first 10 examples of videos, count the number that are from Roger Wakefield, the expert plumber. He literally owns the plumbing keyword on YouTube, just about, I mean, Kohler's up there, you know, a bunch of other big brands are, but then this guy from Texas, is up there. And he has created it to the point that he gave me an update because I included him in the book. And he said, by the way, our marketing team now consists of four full-time marketers. Awesome. And this is from 2018 to 2020 when I talked to him last. In two years, he took his business that was going down the toilet and turned it into a business that is selling toilets and showers and plumbing and making him an expert. Not only in the eyes of the people who know him face to face, but all the people who know him, his face to their feed. And again, just look up plumbing or Roger Wakefield on YouTube and you're going to find him because he's posted over 500 videos to date. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by my brand new book, Nonfiction Brand. Discover, craft, and communicate the completely true, completely you brand you already are. Now available on Amazon.com. Too many people for too many years have labored in obscurity. Why? Because that's the way it's always been work for someone else and remain nameless, letting others take credit for your hard work. But in today's hyper connected everything is media world, that's all changed. In 1990, 1997, Tom Peters outlined the tenets of a new concept, personal branding. Fact is, if you're not actively branding yourself based on who you are, what you do, and how you do it, you are leaving opportunity on the table. But with this book and a little bit of work, that opportunity is 100% yours to own starting today. Christopher Wilshire, CEO of Egg Strategy, said, This is the kind of book that changes how you view the rest of your career and how you go about amplifying your value to the wider world. To get your copy, head on over to Amazon.com and search nonfiction brand, and let's get you all the credit you deserve
1: for the completely true, completely you brand you already are. And that's the kind of stuff for people who are, when you get this book and you dig in, you see these nuggets of information. So this is a little bit of a plug because I, I think that's where the value is. For somebody like me, I get tons of free books because I teach at a university, a major university, and people are always pressing stuff. And, you know, I've never written a book, so I don't know the pain and suffering that goes along with it. But I do know that there's a lot of books where there's pain and suffering that have been put into creating them, and it is not overly valuable. It's not worth my time. And so my job is in the university position is to curate what I think are the best book or books for my students, best websites and all that. And that's one of the things I think is so valuable about what you've done with this, is that finding examples like that that are relevant to anybody, and to say, "Oh, you're not just talking about Gary Vaynerchuk or this huge person, because I can never be them, because I'm running a small cafe, or I'm running a small drug doctor service, or whatever it is, totally making those up, but to be able to see somebody like Roger and be like, "Wow, huh, I can do that." Huh? Well, what, or what if I did do that? So a, a little bit of a plug for the book, because I think that's where the value is for somebody who's busy but still wants to learn good quality information and then have that backed up by being able to go and listen to the podcast episode and get deeper nuggets and deeper pieces of wisdom. So if you find somebody's story resonates with you or their tip or technique resonates with you, you can go and learn more. Um, And that's why I'm really excited about the book for those reasons amongst many others. But those in particular, you know, if you're busy and you want to be able to find good stuff that is vetted from a really quality writer and is fun and is accessible and can make you think, I'm not just learning something, but I can do something with this. Hmm. That's the power. And that's one of the things it seems like based from your from your presentations, but also from how the book has turned out that you want people to be able to take some action steps from from what they're...
0: Oh, yeah. If reading this book causes you to do nothing, I have failed. If reading 10 pages of this book makes you put it down and open an account you haven't used and start posting to it, whether it be LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or whatever, or check out TikTok, because the story that I tell about Anthony Pellicino... Oh, my God. Okay, so I, I got to share this story. And this ah. this was all over the marketing press like three weeks ago. I mean, maybe four weeks ago. That's how fresh this example is. Picture a kid, a senior at Ohio University, who has a job, a part-time job, at a local Sherwin-Williams paint dealership. You know, he, he literally is the guy who you come in and you want a pilgrim gray as your color. He's the guy who will mix it for you. Well, this kid gets this job, you know, first job while in college, and he discovers something he's really interested in and passionate about, and that is the creation of color with paint. This kid cracks the code on TikTok because he starts producing these very short form videos that are nothing but opening up a can of white tinted paint, you know, the white tint base. And then adding some coloring into it and doing the mixing process, not in one of those shaker shaker things, but right before your very eyes. And he mm. creates what I think of as visual ASMR, asynchronous meridian ah. response, where everyone knows about ASMR crinkle, crinkle, <laughs> crinkle. And everyone associates it with audio. Well, go to Tonester Paints on TikTok. That's his name at Tonester because his name is Anthony. Tonester paints all one word. And look at his videos and spend 10 minutes on them, and you will find yourself calming down. (laughs) And visually, it's it's tremendously interesting. And get this he did six videos, six, only six. And that sixth video got 1 million viewers plus. And now it's still up there, so you can watch that six video anytime you want. And, I mean, come on, you do, you do anything six times and you get one million viewers? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Well, anyway, this kid does these paints, and he's, he stumbles on even a sub-genre of the paint-mixing formula thing where he uses organic materials to color the paints. One of his most viewed videos is him taking blueberries, putting them Mm -hmm. through a a brief process to make sure there's not chunks of stuff in it. And he creates this incredibly light blue tone that has some purple in it and all that stuff. And it's gorgeous. And the whole time as a viewer, you're thinking to yourself, I love that color. I need to paint the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I love that color. I need to paint the sunroom, whatever it is. He is selling paint and what paint can do for you every second of every video. Even better, here's the interesting part of this story. He sees the engagement that he's getting. He gets excited. He goes to the local dealer and says, hey, I'm doing this stuff, take a look, it's taking off. Local dealer says, oh my gosh, we have to kick this up the chain at Sherwin-Williams. They go to the district guy, they start talking with him. They see the engagement. District guy gets excited, oh my gosh, we have to put this into a formal presentation and get it to marketing at corporate. He does. A professional, you know, or what you can expect of a a college student, he does a full marketing presentation on how many views they've gotten, what they've done, and all this stuff. And what happens? He gets fired. He gets fired because corporate thought he was using corporate equipment after hours or that he might have done some of the mixing of the paints during regular hours. He was contacted not by the marketing department. He was contacted by a loss prevention officer for the company that were essentially claiming that he ripped them off well he got fired but he didn't lose his passion for paint and coloring and he did what social media is turning out to be a killer app he was totally transparent to his audience of over a million people he posted a video that says i got fired and then he talks about it he doesn't point fingers too much but he does make the point that I'm no longer doing this, but I'm going to keep doing what i have doing because I've learned to love it. So keep watching, you know, anybody know of anybody who might need someone who does what I do, you know, that type of thing. Well, guess what? He is contacted by the marketing departments of every competitor of Sherwin-Williams <laughs> around the country. And he starts fielding offers ranging from full-time employment to Hey, can we uh, do a marketing campaign based on you and what you're doing? And can we send you paint where you, you know, instead of the plain cam that you have, can you make sure our logo's in there? Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden he's got marketing departments bending over backwards. Why? Because every marketing department in the country is trying to crack the code on TikTok and find a way they can leverage the power of the currently hottest social media technology out there. This kid did it. And so what happens? He gets contacted by Don Strube, or Don Strube, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, the president of a small paint company in Florida called Florida Paints. And they say, we'd like to talk to you. They fly him down there, they interview him. Guess where this kid who hasn't graduated yet is starting to work as soon as he graduates. He may even be doing it right now. Florida Paints. And by the way, they're talking about coming out with a line of his paints that use organic colors to create these shades and tints and brand new things. By the way, paint is paint, right? Mm -hmm. Unless it's made with organic coloring. All of a sudden that paint has a brand, a true nonfiction brand story to tell about itself, that all the coloring in this paint comes from completely organic sources. Mm -hmm. What's one of the most powerful words in marketing? Organic. Mm. And by the way, what word is almost guaranteed to enable you to price your product higher than anything else? Organic. That is the power of it. And here's here, this kid
1: made paint sexy. Absolutely. And and that's and, and that story is phenomenal because for readers of the book, you start to again see those nuggets and you start to think about: hey, maybe I'm not going to go viral nationally, but what could I do? Are there parts of my business that I really enjoy? And you can reverse engineer examples like that and start to see, you know, whether it was the, does it, will it blend? Right. Um, the blend stuff, at, yeah. You know, it, a lot of times these these things are experiments. And I think with the social media, you've talked about that quite a bit in your interviews. I know specifically when I've been on, but a lot of these things are, are mini experiments and you find out there's certain things that work. And when they do, you know, something like this with a TikTok video where you're showing the process and people love process, you can start to think about not just being inspired by the stories but looking at the tips and insights you have in the book to say how can i apply this to my business what are some things that i could potentially do could i potentially show a process could i potentially show behind the scenes and that's the beauty of this is because you know because i know a lot of your audience is similar to mine which are small business people not huge major corporations one of the questions a lot of small business people have is, how can I be different? Because all of these companies like Sherwin Williams are already dominating my space. Yeah. Well, we've got movers advantage. And I think you do a great job of finding individuals as well and, and telling their stories with the tips of how do you get that movers advantage? Meaning a big corporation didn't have the insight or the foresight to see that this kid was a huge asset and they fired him. Yeah. So guess what? Now, you know, we have an opportunity. We don't have big corporate chains of command that that limit us from being able to try stuff. And that's the beauty of social is the small businesses, the solopreneurs, the people who are looking for little things to do on the side, quote unquote side hustles. I think they can really benefit from the book as well because it demonstrates different tactics and techniques that you can apply. And even if you just read the book without listening to the episodes. In my experience, the book gives you enough insights that you can get action, actionable steps right then and there. But to be able to back that up with the episodes, I think, is, is, is a tremendous opportunity to continue to grow, learn, evolve and continue to think about what can I do to make this an asset for me and make it an asset for me where social doesn't become this dreadful chore But it's a part of what I enjoy doing, a part of what what we do as either individually or an organization. I think the interviews that you have, the people that you have as a part of the book really have that, too, where it's like they really get a kick out of doing what they do. And I think that's that's a that's a great component as well.
0: And I want to back up just a little bit. And you mentioned something about going viral or things like that. If your goal on social media is to go viral, stop. Don't do it. Because virality is an outcome. Virality happens only when you are up there trying stuff over and over. You know, the equivalent of social media going viral is me picking up a baseball bat, stepping up to home plate and expecting that my first swing is going to put me on a major league team. Mm -hmm. Ain't going to happen. Yep. And it's not, and I probably, well, I'll just say it. I'm never going to be on a major league baseball team, <laughs> but I am going to continue to step up to the plate and swing at pitches because it's the at-bats that make you stronger. And every at-bat you do teaches you something. And that something might be, you know what? This isn't for me. Like blog. Okay. I've been in marketing for, you know, since dinosaurs walked the earth, right? <laughs> I was on the forefront as an early adopter of every social media thing going all the way back to pre-MySpace. Mm-hmm. I, I have accounts on everything and I have traction on very few of them because I was a lurker. I was doing it so I could understand it, but not do it. Yeah. And yeah. what I learned was, hey, or what I always thought was, If I started a blog, the first time I heard the word blog, I would have the equivalent of 15 books worth of material that I could turn into products that I could sell, service lines and stuff like that. Why didn't I do that? Because my job, my title is at the time it was copywriter. I've been a writer for close to, geez, how many years? Close to 30 years. Why Mm -hmm. didn't I have a blog? You know, like you mentioned, Mark Schaefer, he's been blogging for 12 years and he was late to the game compared to when Mm -hmm. blogging started, but he's done it for 12 years and is only now taking a hiatus because he's earned it. Mm -hmm. What if I had blogged all that time? Well, the answer is I didn't blog because it wasn't my style stage. Mm -hmm. And style stage is a concept that I, I write about in the book. And I want people to understand because you have a style And there is a stage that is perfect for that style. So Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people out there who I don't want to feature myself. Are you a good photographer? Mm. You might want to use this thing called Instagram to make other people go, wow, so-and-so is a great photographer. Like my friend that I wrote about in my first book, Nicole Klein, built her reputation never showing a picture of herself, but the picture of the work she does. Instagram is the perfect style stage for what she does. Blogging for me was a style stage I couldn't keep up with. Mm -hmm. Yet I was talking to someone who's been a blogger for a long, long time. And he said, oh, I'm so impressed with the fact that you can get a podcast out every single Monday. And I go, the funny thing is, it's not hard for me. There's work involved, but it's not hard for me to get a podcast out every single Monday. Why is mm-hmm. that? It's actually more work than to write a blog post. Yeah. But why is it for me easier to do something harder? Because it's my perfect style state. Mm-hmm. Live streaming. You know, one of the things about this book, I live streamed 301 nights in a row because I wanted to burn the fear of live streaming out of me. I wanted to learn how to do it. And I just made that commitment. Guess what? Since the first of this year, I haven't live streamed at all, except for what's happening right now. And I'm hoping the audio is working. By <laughs> but anyway, live streaming has become a second style stage that I feel comfortable with. And why is that? Because while I may be a writer by title, I'm a performer by nature. And mm. I tell that story in the book that, and, and this is a realization that came about because I was doing the deep thinking to write the book. I didn't know that before I started writing the book. And that's one of the things why book writing is so valuable. It forces you to take a seed of an idea and root that seed so it can blossom. And as you write the book, all of a sudden this tree is getting bigger and wider and more powerful and fruitful Mm. based on the seed. And in my case, the seed crystal was the story I tell about nonfiction branding and where it came from, which is
1: right at the very beginning of the book. So as this book's starting to go out and people are starting to get an opportunity to purchase it, do you have any specific takeaway or impact you would like the book to have? If you could use intentionality and dream up what do I want this this book to do for somebody? What's the intention that I would like to have? What what would that be? Summed up by four
0: words, I can do this. Mm. And I'm not saying I can do everything that's talked about in the book, but read a section and go, I can do that. Mm -hmm. I can do this. And that's the way, uh, okay, so I always think in analogy and metaphor. And so one of the things when it comes to social media is, for me, social media is like going to the gym. I buy the gym membership, I make the commitment, and then I don't go. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing about going to the gym is going to the gym. Mm -hmm. So if this book makes you say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym every single day, but I'm going to go to that weight rack and only pick up the one pound weight. And I'm going to post something for the first time on LinkedIn. And I'm going to do Mm -hmm. it once one rep and I'm done. I'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then you come back the next day, you pick up that one pound weight, do it again. That wasn't that hard. Maybe I can do two reps. And so you'd go to LinkedIn and then you go over to Facebook and Maybe you cross post the same material, or maybe you come up with something that's a little bit more Facebook and style based on who you are, what you do and how you do it. Okay, all of a sudden you're lifting, let's say that's a five pound weight. Over time, keep adding weight, but the key thing is go to the gym. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, some days it's okay to say you went to the gym by just driving to the parking lot, sitting in the car, and then turning around because I really can't feel anything. I I don't have anything I want to share or say. That's okay. You went to the gym. Because if you go to the gym every day and become someone who goes to the gym every day, all of a sudden you're going to say, you know what? Coming to the gym and not having an idea is not good enough. I have to think ahead so I know what I'm going to do before I get to the gym. I'm saying if the takeaway from this book is I can do this, I can do that, I can make it to the gym every day, That's what I hope people do because the benefits are potentially tremendous. And I say potentially, because again, going back to my comment earlier, virality is an outcome that Mm -hmm. only comes through a process. And uh, I'll leave you with this quote. It's been in both the books I've written because I love it so much. The beloved coach of the Green Bay Packers back in the glory days, the golden age of Green Bay Packer football Green Bay Packers football, by the way, it's always plural. Did you know that Green Bay <laughs> Packers football coach Vince Lombardi said practice doesn't make perfect, perfect practice makes perfect. And the perfect practice I'm talking about is showing up every day or whatever you're, you're I, I would say every day while you're sitting there at your desk, eating a sandwich, participate on social media. Because by the way, one of those one pound weights is you finding someone that you really love and letting them know you appreciate what they've posted and add to it. So Don, if you post something about how you're learning a concept from jujitsu that you're applying to teaching kids at a university, I might say, wow, Don, I'd never heard that before. Thanks for sharing this. Have you ever read Sun Tzu's Art of War? If so, what is your number one takeaway from that book? Now, what I Mm. did in that comment is exercise my social media personal brand, which is I'm engaging with someone I respect. I'm letting them know I appreciate what they're doing. I add to the conversation, and then I include a takeaway at the end that encourages conversation. Two concepts in the book that are related to what I just said, make every comment a conversation. It's not just, wow, Don, thanks for sharing that. It's doing what a good conversation is, which is, wow, Don, thanks for sharing that. I want you to respond back with an answer to my question. I'm Mm. making every comment a conversation. And the other one, and this is a superpower technique, what I just described, there's a monomic device that'll help you remember it. Always make sure there's a rat in your comment. A rat, A R A T. A, appreciation. Thanks, Don. R, recognition at Don Stanley, or whatever his at tag is on that platform, because when you put their at tag in, they're notified of your comment. Addition, I'm adding to that by saying, have you read Sun Tzu's Art of War? And then Takeaway, if so, what is your favorite takeaway from that book? Question mark. Because here's the thing about you asking someone a question. People love that because it gives them an opportunity to answer and thereby prove their personal brand by demonstrating who they are, what they do, and how they do it. Is it that simple? Yes, it is. Is it that fast that you're going to become some international influencer? No, it's not. But the thing is, what you're doing right now may not be getting you anywhere because you're not even trying to get anywhere. So get off your butt, get it onto social, and start building your personal brand.
1: I love it. I love it. And I think, again, for anybody who's looking for an opportunity to just get a reminder, get a refresher, because social does change, uh, as well as, as starting out and really trying to rethink. And when I'm talking about starting out, too, it's sometimes just revisiting and saying, is what I'm doing working? I think the nuggets of wisdom in here uh, and then the ability to go deeper with the podcasts themselves. I'm, I'm super excited. It's a great opportunity, a great book. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for spending the time conversing today. Well, thank
0: you, Don, for those kind words. Believe me, it wasn't easy to do, but boy, has it been worth it. And again, I'm talking with Don Stanley, who's an instructor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison in the Life Sciences Communication Department, a frequent guest on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. And I guarantee you're going to hear his voice again because he's become one of my touchstones for, am I write about this or do you know anything about this or you know <laughs> because it, it you know it's the old saying it takes a village to raise a child well i'm a child when it comes to marketing and it takes a village to raise this child so thank you for being part of my village don absolutely how, yeah how can people connect with you on your
1: preferred social channels so preferred social channels it's uh don stanley 12 94, one, two, nine, four. I've been experimenting with some personal brand stuff and at three rhino media on the Twitter. So that's my consulting business. I've had a consulting business for about 20 some years now, but I'm experimenting and playing because I'm trying to what you were talking about with stages i'm trying to find are there new stages that i want to play in and that i are more intriguing to me and um so yeah so if i can be of help of service in any way a friend of dp is a friend of mine so i'm happy to help out in any way i can well thank you so much don as i say you're a
0: fantastic guest and a great friend so Thank you for being on the podcast. That's it for this week. I'm D.P. Knuton, and he is Don Stanley. And we'll be coming at you again sometime very, very soon. Bye-bye.